Hello and welcome back to Half Damage, where everything's coming to an end, isn't it? Previously. There are other places we wanted to visit. Holy symbol surrounded by the tomb of a guild member. I'm assuming the tomb's in the basement. Let's do that first, yeah. Yeah. There are what looks like a prison area. One has a sword lying towards the back. Ooh, has that sword looking? The sword's wielder can cast the Crusader's Mantle spell, and it can only be used by a lawful good creature. Uh, That's dumb. Go Ismay, screw. you're the DM. Get rid of that. Well, she can't attack properly with it, but she still gets the spell once per day. Okay, I'll take the sword that I can't use. The door at the end hangs slightly ajar. Do we hear anything from the other side? It's the noise that bats make, but a lot. A lot of bats. A lot of bats. What if I use polymorph and become a bat, and then I talk to the bats? You fly up and hang upside down in this sea of bats. Hey guys, you want to play a cool new game? It's called Keep Your Eyes Closed. By which I mean your soda. Yeah! And you don't, like, alert anybody about anything either? Hang around and do nothing? You see in this large room a plethora of crypts. Start looking for a guild member in these epitaphs. The name Artank Svilovich, friend and member of the Barovian Wine Distillers Guild. A skeleton lies atop of a marble slab. You see an amulet made of a shining platinum-made sun. Right, I'm going to hang on to it. The heart. I think that's our next step. Above you shines a brilliant green light calling you up the tower. Inlaid in the ceiling among gilt gold and tangled vines sits a large gem encased in glass. Does anyone have the spell shatter? No, I do! You hear a creaking. The gilt gold on the ceiling begins to move, like long spider's legs, until the looming construct stands in the center of the tower, and then it attacks. You heroes watch as the golden ceiling of this tower descends, turning into a large spider-like construct whose four long legs grip the sides of the tower, its body created of tangles of vines covered in glittering gold armor. On its main body, you can barely see your target on its underside, three large glowing green gems which pulse and give the creature life. This is the Heart of Sorrow, and it's ready to attack. So it's time to roll some initiative. That's really cool. And this sucks. Yeah. What if we don't? What if oh, we just... Oh, okay. Yeah. Hard cut to I us mean... standing over the corpse of this thing. <laughs> 21. 19. 16. 10. 18 for Kathy. First up at the top of the round is Poncho. What are you doing? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so it's moving around. It's jiggling around. Uh, it's got all its legs. Uh, the gem's exposed underneath. Is it actually exposed to me? Can I aim for it? Or So now it's a little down further than where you are, but you can go further down the tower. If you want to have them exposed to you. Yeah. So if I jump on the... I, I'll run down the stairs mm-hmm. so that I'm on the same floor as the, the thing. And then I can try to get an angle on the gems. Yep. Okay. I will do an scorching ray. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. 16. That does not hit. 22. That hits. And more. <laughs> <laughs> the more hits. Yeah. Uh, 13 fire damage. You send fire towards this thing. It's hard to get a pinpoint exactly on the stones as this thing is kept shaking and moving you and the tower around, but you manage to get at least a crack in there and hit one of the gems inside. Okay. Fandango, you're up. Knowing they don't have any ranged attacks, he's going to look at Kathy and say, with me! And they're both <laughs> gonna focus on like one leg at a time to try to take it out. Okay, no. Is is Kathy going next in the end? She's right after me, isn't she? Kathy is indeed right after you. Okay, so Fandango's gonna, del- I'm gonna s- essentially switch initiatives with her. Uh, let her go first right. because then I'll get my sneak attack bonus. Excellent. Uh, so th- Kathy's gonna rage and then recklessly attack against the nearest leg. First attack is a 26, second attack is a 25. Hits. Okay. Uh, so that is, ooh, that's good damage too. 28 damage. Okay, that is good. Is that Kathy's turn? That is Kathy's turn. Uh, Fandango's gonna run up and attack the same thing. He's gonna draw his silver rapier because don't wanna play that card yet. Okay. That is a- The passed around rapier. <laughs> uh, 19 to hit. Mm. 19 hits. Okay, get my sneak attack damage. 
Yeah, uh, 21 damage. All right. You and Kathy just go to town on this leg, like, and you can see parts of the, the armor plating start falling away as you start piercing it, and she starts shaving it off, exposing more of the roots underneath. It's not fully exposed, but it is not looking as sturdy as it was before. Is there anything else you want to do? I'm probably good like that. Next up, Camilla, what are you doing? Teapot. Teapot, baby. Uh, Fifth level. I'm not messing around. Okay. 1d8 for every two slots over second, so that would be... That's two. Yeah, so you should should only spend a fourth level then, because spending a fifth wouldn't do anything. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. 13 plus four. So 17 to hit? 17 does not hit. Ooh, okay. You try and pour it on, but uh, it just seems that the spectral water runs off of the gold-plated armor on it. Uh, I think I end my turn. Well, next up is the construct, baby. It's going to do several attacks with its little arms. First, it's going to withdraw the arm that is currently being attacked by Kathy and Fandango. My AC is 19 and hers is 16. Oh, and attacks against her have advantage too. So the one against Fandango will hit. No. The one against Kathy will probably hit. Well, maybe. I don't know. 19? 19 hits, yeah. I only say it will hit against Fandango because it was like a 18 and there's plus 12. So I probably will. I have a shield. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Knew I should have taken a hide action on my turn. Damn it. <laughs> Where are you hiding? I can hide in dim light with my cloak. <laughs> How did I lose all the D10s that I literally just used? Stop finding D10s. First up for Kathy, it's going to be 15 bludgeoning damage. So okay. halved for her with the rage. Fandango. Whatever. That's 21 damage for Fandango. I'm salty. I mean, that's fair. Next up, it's going to take one of the arms and attack Poncho, who is hurting its soft, soft underbelly. No! <laughs> that is a significant to hit. Uh, t- like a 30 to hit. Oh my god. 30. Yeah. Hey, uh, I think 30. 30 will do. 30 might, 30 might be it? Okay. Oh, I don't like that. That's not... Oh, right. Got it. Uh, that is 22 damage. What 22. the hell? Okay. He's squishy. It is. Yeah. He's a wizard. Uh, the, I mean, well, I mean, it, it, it's an arm, right? Yes. It comes down and then there's a huge flash of energy yeah, and wind and it like lands directly next to me. Yeah, like you send your shield up and it just glances off of it and you see as this clawed mechanical hand shoots into the wall of the tower instead and shakes it. You see a lot of the bricks start crumbling and tumbling out. Mm. And last, uh, let's see, is it going to go for Sorry, is it going to go for Camilla? That's going to be at Camilla. <laughs> that is a 23 to hit. Oh, yeah. Probably. That is a uh, yes. That will be 23 damage. Oh, cool. Bludgeoning. Awesome. This one, because you are in the way, you block its movement towards the tower. So instead of its big clawed hand hitting the tower, it's your squishy body. That's nice. I'm glad <laughs> I could good. help the tower. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it withdraws from you and sets its talons back into the tower to keep itself aloft. Next up on the list is Sari. <sighs> Trying to think of how risky I want to be. Is it within touching distance of me? The legs are. I'm going to touch one of its legs and try to bestow a curse on it. Oh, okay. You're going cur- to curse this thing? Yeah. Okay. That's what I want to do. So this is the point where I can actually like hurt people now. So ooh. Like, ooh. I would argue you've been able to do that the whole time. You've just chosen yeah. not to. <laughs> now I'm evil. So <laughs> yeah. What are, well, so what are you, what are you doing with it? They have to succeed on a wisdom saving throw or they're cursed for the duration of it. That is not going to pass with a three. Nope. It do it not. Curse. What would you like the spell's effect to be? I had to choose one ability score. Can I meta and ask what it attacks with? I mean, you can spend all of your brain power and assume probably there's some strength involved there. I know. I was, yeah, I'll do strength. And it has to make a saving throw at the beginning of each of its turns. And all of my spells cause an extra D8 of necrotic damage. So actually make it wisdom. So it has disadvantage on its save- wisdom saving throws. 
each ah, turn. That'll be okay. better. That's me yeah. using my big brain. You know what? That was big the brain. big brain move, baby. We big brained it, honey. We did it. <laughs> okay, yeah. It currently has a disadvantage on its wisdom saves. I do have a quick question before my turn ends. Go for it. It, it says that my spells deal an extra D8. Would casting this initial spell count? Well, you're not doing... <laughs> Not do, it's an extra damage. You didn't do any damage to start. Yeah, it. I know. I would also say you have to deal damage to deal the additional damage. I know. I just like asking. I just like seeing what I can get away with. <laughs> <laughs> it's Emily Kuklinski no- way, baby. Normally, I'd be like, "Come on, Emily," but like looking back over the history of this campaign, <laughs> take that swing, do it. Maybe. You never know; it's gonna land. <laughs> Sometimes we let shit happen because it's funny and Emily's so, is beguiling. Sometimes you write a love letter to a werewolf in the middle of combat and it works. So this is fair. I don't think I'm allowed to be a naysayer. No, she she uh, spent two whole rounds doing that. So like that makes sense. Big brain energy. That was BBE. Pro gamer move. Okay, that if there's programmer. nothing else that you want to do on this turn? Nope. Back at the top, Pancho, what's up? From me to the crystal, is there anyone in the way? No, you you went you went down uh, quite significantly. Cool. I am going to summon some dark powers. <laughs> Ooh! Um, oh. There is sort of a whistling in the air and it coalesces around me into a screaming wind. And then there's a... As a bolt of lightning shoots out. And uh, I use lightning bolt. Hell yeah, you do. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. (laughs) It's a dexterity save. Dexterity save, cool. Probably not going to do it. Nope. I have the perfect number of dice. That's satisfying, baby. 27 lightning damage. You send this like straight bolt of lightning in. Your whole skin like crackles with electricity. uh, And just from you being you, this uh, bolt of electricity bursts out. And you see the whole structure of it get shaken. Anything else you want to do on your turn? So I'm on like a, I'm on like a floor and it's like above me. You're right? on stairs, yeah. Stairs. Do the stairs go down? And then there's a floor in the way, so um, I can like go further down the stairs to be out of the way. Uh, so the the stairs go. Uh, they wind around the outside of the tower. There's no floor until like you know if you want to jump down the giant chasm in the middle that gets you all the way uh, to the bottom of the castle. Okay. Which is probably pretty far. That's not ideal. <laughs> probably not. I'm 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 fine. Okie smokes. Next up is Kathy. Or maybe the combo of Kathy and Fandango. Yeah, just attacking the same leg, essentially. Yeah, you know what? Kathy and Fandango sounds like a really interesting television show. Kathy and Fandango having lots of fun. It's just like a buddy comedy. You guys make it out of the end of this? Then you're definitely going to have a show. It's a remake of, uh, what's that sitcom where it's like the two cousins living together and one of them has been like living in America for a while and the other one just moved there. Frasier. Frasier. That's it. It's Frasier. (laughs) What did you say? Because I love Frasier. And I heard Frasier. You said one of Emily's uh, magic words. Kathy's attacks were 23 and 20 total. Both hit. That deals 24 damage. And Fandango? Fandango is going to attack. Oh, that's not very good. That's only a uh, 14 to hit. Uh, Not going to do it. Okay, then he's going to use his cunning action to hide. <laughs> going to roll a stealth check and hope this thing can't see him. Okay. Oh, that's not much better. What? That's only a 19. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this thing is good at looking because it's, you know. <laughs> it also has disadvantage on perception right now, thanks to, thanks to the curse. Unseen, an unseen little bean. <laughs> uh, so you, you disappear within the cloak uh, and manage to blend into these potentially crumbling walls. Next up, Camilla. I'm going to cast Guardian of Faith, and I think I can also attack with the teapot this turn. So it's a large spectral guardian appears, hovers for the duration, unoccupied space of your choice. I know we've already determined that the teapot seems to be the the holy symbol here, but uh, <laughs> can I propose that it has a tea green leaf hopper on the shield? Of course. Okay, yes. thank you. And uh, it, you have to succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Well, that is, we're rolling like garbage today, which bodes yeah, well for yeah, y'all. Yeah. That is not going to do it. <laughs> so you take 20 radiant 
damage. Ugh. All right. It takes the 20 radiant damage as your new guardian is doing the thing. Uh, do you also want to use your your weapon? I do. This a 14 hit? A 14 does not hit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing really well, great with this. The teapot's doing fantastic. Te- teapot's just there. Just happy. And that's the end of my turn. I can't do anything else. Okie dokie. It's time to make some attacks. Let's go in order, I guess. Poncho, we're getting a hit. No, please. 22. Yeah, it hits. <laughs> I think that hits. I, I can go up to a 20, so it's, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of, that is 22 more damage. It's consistent, if nothing else. Mm. And this is just like bludgeoning or something, This is right? just bludgeoning. Okay. Next up, it's going to go Kathy. Because Kathy's doing hits. 22 against Kathy. Yep. 22 is our is our lucky number today. Well, not super lucky. Oh, that's more against Kathy this time. That is 23 damage against Kathy uh, halved. Okay. And as I have actually read the thing, there's going to be one against Fandango. As this thing does not seem to be deterred by the fact that you are not really visible. No. <laughs> I rolled a stealth check. Yeah, he's he's safe. This thing does not require the need of sight. Disadvantage on wisdom. <laughs> You're right. This thing is doing this all with its big bethinker. Disadvantage on wisdom. <laughs> well, Fandango, <laughs> that is 22 to hit. What is with the 22? Stop it. <laughs> That is 20 damage. Okay, I'm going to do what I should have done last round and use my uncanny dodge to have that damage and only take 10. Because I can do that every round. <laughs> yep. <laughs> last but not least, but sorry what you say. No, no. Okay. It does have disadvantage. It does have disadvantage. It has disadvantage? The curse. It has disadvantage on attack rolls against me. Ah. 17. Damn it, that still hits. All right. I don't know what's happening. That's 22. I'm kind of spooked at this point. I wish it was literally any other number because this feels stupid. <laughs> it's This is the, uh, is, cool. is this one of your like speed up speed up combat tricks? Yeah. Is you just roll the dice once and then pretend for better. Just keep saying the same number. Yeah. Just always 22 now. Wait, Ismay, yes. Ismay, wait. Everybody, don't count any of your attack stuff. Ismay, I forgot. While cursed, the target must make a wisdom saving throw at the start of each of its turns. If it fails, it wastes its action that turn doing nothing. Uh, oh, okay. And it has disadvantage. Oh my god, it do. It's never no. gonna do anything. Whack and wild. Okay. Yeah, no, that's not gonna do it. All that fucking shit's dab, dab, dab. Busted. Wow. Sorry, what'd you say? It's useful in battle. Did it? Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> I just took damage, right? Can I undo that then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's undone yeah. because like it's at the top of the round. Incredible. I'm glad I could read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up on the list is sorry, what'd you say? Um, I'm gonna do a vicious mockery against it. It's gonna be mean at this spider. Yeah, and it has to succeed on a wisdom saving hey. throw. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, it's not gonna do it. Alright, and it takes a D4 and then a D8 because you know. Uh, it takes more than a D4 because you're a higher level, right? Oh, true. Uh, 2D4 from Vicious Mockery. Nice. 2D4 and, and then a D8. D8. Yeah. That's 12 damage. What do you say? Yeah, what do you say to this yeah. big spider? <laughs> oh, well, spider can't even hit some halflings and some gnomes. Oh, boy. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and? <laughs> and? Yeah, we're not. Remember the Kenku? Yeah. Remember the Kenku? Emily. Remember the what? Remember the Kenku? There's a Kenku now, person. Emily. Emily the bird. Emily the, the bird. bird. Person now. Emily Not the bird. all of us are halflings and gnomes. <laughs> oh, and the Kenkus. Yes. In, in fairness, <laughs> Fandango is hidden and Sari is like a baby. So like, you put, like as soon as Fandango can't be seen. It doesn't matter towards God. the spider, yeah. but it matters towards the members of the party. <laughs> yes. Uh, top of the round, Poncho. I just do another lightning ball. The, the same cool effect happens. I mean, Same cool bolt. effect happened. <laughs> it makes a dexterity save. That is going to hit. 34 lightning damage. 34 lightning Holy damage, baby. Hey. Hey. I love these dark powers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pacho screams about how much he loves his dark powers as <laughs> sends another shudder of electricity through this thing that is already paralyzed by its inability to do anything. You see a lot of the sheets of the gold nice. falling off of it, revealing like the vines uh, inside uh, and exposing the gems even more. Next up, Kathy and Fandango. Same deal, ooh. Go, baby. So she rolls a critical hit and a Hell yeah. 13. 13 will not do it, but the crit will fucking absolutely. She has brutal critical, so she does extra damage. 29. After the protective gold armor has been essentially shunted off this thing, Kathy's able to get her axe fully through the, the vine-like leg. Uh, and it shrivels up and away, hanging one of these legs limp. There are now only three legs remaining. Are the are the gems a little more, like, open now? Uh, they're more exposed now that, that some of the, the gold has fallen away, yes. Okay, uh, Fandango's going to use my insightful fighting. So I have to make an insight check against its deception. And if I succeed... I will get my sneak attack against it, even if I don't have advantage. Perfect. 21. Hell yeah. Uh, so I... This <laughs> charisma sucks shit. Uh, a 24 versus AC. 21 damage. You shoot this thing into the main source of the heart, and you see as the main gem cracks down its center. Oh, hell yeah. And you feel the whole of the structure itself shuddering in somewhat of a worrying way. But yeah, you see as it starts getting weaker, uh, and the body of it sags down further now that its main power source is heavily damaged. We should maybe try to get out of this tower, gang. Seems a little uns. Stable. <laughs> Regardless of how that's received, Fandango's gonna make a move towards uh, the door out of here. Is the, cool. the the door to the bridge we went on visible? Or you you'd have to go down the stairs, okay. and in doing so, would again attack of opportunity. Okay, I'll just stay there then. Next up is Camilla. What are you doing? I'm gonna bless as a third level so that I can bless everybody but me. Whenever your target makes an attack roll or saving throw before the spell ends, the target roll a d4 and add the number, and then my T-bodies are going to attack again. Okay. Are they anti-bodies? Yes! Hey. Yes, they are! Uh, let's do spiritual weapon first, I guess. I'm not rolling well with this teapot. That's a 15. 15 is not yeah, going to hit. Yeah, I didn't think so. And then you have to roll a dexterity. Excellent. Probably not going to do That's not going to do it. That's a 10. So you're taking 20 radiant 20 damage. 20 radiant damage. Yeah, the radiant damage starts curling some of the vines back and away and depletes one of these other legs that's holding it up. Now this thing is essentially strung between two of its legs, unable to take either one off of the building. Otherwise, it is going to come crashing down. And in doing so, yeah, this is on its turn. <laughs> It is going to, well, try and make a save, and either way, not really able to do much about it. That is not going to do it. This thing is, like, completely strung out in this building, uh, and you can see that the talons from the hand-like parts of it uh, and, like, the, the vines start worming their way into the bricks at the side to try and keep itself aloft, shunting a lot of the bricks out of place, and the tower begins again, swaying dangerously to the sides. Sorry, what'd you say? What are you doing? I'm gonna go ahead and do another vicious mockery. Yeah! You have to do a wisdom. Let's see how well this goes. It's two nat 20s. It's not. It's a 10. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, that's 14. What are you saying, Emily Kuklinski? Oh, I'm a heart. Hardly. I'm hardly a heart. What am I? More like a nobody? Am I a, am I a Kingdom Hearts nobody? Because I make just about as much sense as the nobodies do in that universe. Look at you with your little legs and the little tower <laughs> and your little gems. Is that the best you can? Does this count as an evil point? You're just so bad at everything that you do. You're never going to succeed at anything. And you know why? Because you don't have the power of friendship and god and anime on your side well as I do <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> the construct has never heard such mean words before 
probably because it has never heard anything before. It's a construct. It doesn't, I don't think it really has ears, but apparently that means nothing in the face of Dungeons and Dragons because this fucking thing, full body shudders, and then you just see as the arms at the sides grip tight, trying to hold on with its last breath, and then let go as this whole used to be metal encrusted body falls down through the depths of this long, large tower. Uh, and you can hear as it like crashes into the walls and the stairs beneath you, splintering as you go. They are not out of initiative. The tower starts falling around your ears. Top of the round, poncho baby. So we're making for the, the bridge that we came in on? You're making for wherever you want to go, baby. In relation to us, where's the exit? Is it like a layer down or is it like the opposite side of the tower? little bit of both because again stairs wind around the outside like edges of the tower so like you're you're going down i'm just wondering whether you would let me <laughs> oh boy a good question oh, no. let's go i i have access to the spell wall of ice which is pretty good for a lot of reasons but i feel like it will be fun in this case <laughs> if i could make some kind of cool slide yeah yeah oh my god you know <laughs> I'm going to love it. You know I'm going to okay. love it. <laughs> this is bullshit. Um, I, <laughs> so as the world is like crumpling around us, I take out my evil white staff of evil <laughs> and I whisper some dark words. <laughs> and then uh, and then it goes, whoop. <laughs> and then there's a fun slide. And then we all go, <laughs> The sound effect is just a slide whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Pancho speaks the dark the dark like tomes of the underworld, jumps on a little slide and goes Wee! and slides that little booty to the exit, baby, as things come tumbling down and around. Still give me a little uh deck save. Nine. You get to add a D4 to that, friend. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 11. Yeah, sure. You know what? Sure. You know what? Sure. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're on your lovely little ice slide as parts of tower start raining down around your ears. Like one just like scuffs the edge of your ear and you're like, ha, that could have gone on my head. Next up is Kathy. Yeah, Kathy will just shrug and jump on the slide, I guess. Slide time, baby! <laughs> Again, another Dex. You ever see those videos of dogs going down slides head first? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, she is in her wolf form because of the rage element, so. Uh, 15. Again, full werewolf as that is necessary when her rage happens. Uh, starts just doing like an arms forward slide down this thing with a, like a howl that gets quieter and quieter as it goes away. Fandango. <laughs> that is a 23. Fine and good. No bother. You like as you run around the outside of the tower, like dodging bits of debris as they rain down over the stairs, and then jump onto a lovely little slide. You do a little surf down it. There's a flip at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cool little flip. How does Camilla get on this ice slide? I got a 19. So she just gently picks up her skirt and steps on. So it's just like a glide down, like beautiful majestic. Sort of a Mary Poppins ass. Yeah, Mary Poppins ass. <laughs> and finally, sorry, what'd you say? Give me a dex and tell me how you're sliding. <laughs> 13. Hell yeah, we're good. All right, and I think Sari tries to do something really cool. Like, she's going to try to do a handstand, but then she just belly flops and kind of spins all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> like, ass over tit just keeps going, baby. Like, yep. like a Beyblade. Let her rip, honey. <laughs> You guys are all gathered at the bottom of this ice slide as Sari comes spinning down. And like, at the end, it is just like stone. So like she gets some scuff marks on that tummy, honey. Um, but she comes spiraling out just in time to see the tower above come crumbling down, falling through the endless chasm in the middle of the castle. There's a loud cacophony of bricks and mortar and everything just collapsing in on itself below. And after a moment, you feel like it pauses and then like a small explosion, you see a bright green light burst out from the crumbled stones beneath and then go dull. I don't think the winery is going to be getting their gems back anytime soon. 
what are you guys doing now? Uh, do we we cross the bridge? Have uh, we yeah, the you, bridge? Can, you can do yeah, that easily enough. Get inside. Mm-hmm. Yes, I run across the bridge. So we're not standing am, on the bridge that yeah. doesn't have an end to it. You guys make it handily like back into the tower and back down uh, into your rooms area. What's the plan, friends? It's getting on in the day. Can we take another long rest? You cannot. You absolutely nope. cannot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Strata let us sleep in. He is a nope. vampire. War is happening. <laughs> but he doesn't know that. Yeah, he super does. <laughs> He gathered the I army. Disagree. He knows. Uh, how's everybody's health doing? I didn't get hit once. I, I also so didn't get hit. I think oh, it's yeah. just the three of us. But you guys can take a short rest if you want. Oh, let's do that. If we have the time for a short rest. Yeah, you'll have okay, time for a yeah. short rest. I want to do some healing. I could also do a song of rest if you don't. Sure, that's like an extra D6. A D8. D8, awesome. Now we have to be utterly silent for the song of rest that Sorry say is about to do. You were hit and it sucked and you got real bloody. But hey there, buddy, it's sorry. Sorry, what you say? It's here to save the day with the D8 of healing. <laughs> it's a song of rest, right for you, cause I'm the best. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so rested. A beautiful lullaby, if ever one has been heard. You guys feel so refreshed. Did you notice I had to do this to keep on beat? <laughs> the beat I was <laughs> mimicking on my own. I have look, no sense of rhythm. <laughs> I love it. But look, I'll find some some back some backup music for you, and I'm sure it will time out perfectly. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I believe in your abilities, Esme. You've done it before. <laughs> So you all take a short rest in the rooms provided to you by Strahd to heal your various wounds, and after a short ring of the bell, you see as large piles of letters appear in the room. It seems that the audience at home has realized that this may be their last opportunity to write to you before the end, and have written to let you know how much they cared. Through all the letters, a few stand out to each of you. Dear Poncho, your time on Curse of Strahd has been nothing but inspiring. I study conjuration at Torlay and your summon minor Emmental spell using cheese? Incredible, it blew me away. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, I have some questions if you don't mind. Number one, what is your favorite kind of cheese? And number two, if you used Stinking Bishop as the medium for the spell, does that make the minor Emmentals into clerics? Keep up the amazing work. Yours sincerely, Mozzo Relibredsticks. Well, my dear friend Relibredsticks, thank you for your questions. What is my favorite kind of cheese? The the melted kind. Melted cheese. Melty cheese? You know, like a fondue. Oh, maybe my... Oh, that's a good... That would be a good name. Fondue. I like that. And, and number two, the, the stinking bishop. I've actually tried this before. The answer is no. It does not make the men- minor elementals into clerics, sadly, but it does make them very stinky. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a problem. Uh, thank, thank you very much for your for your interest in my work. Uh, I hope to uh, hear from you again. Thank you, dear Camilla. We're longtime fans of Curse of Strahd, and honestly, you were our favorite contestant. Really. At first, we were just tuning in for some background noise. Some soothing screams of the tortured and dying while we finished the crossword on a Sunday night. But ever since you charged up a T-Rex and dived into a sentient building to rescue your teammate, we've been hooked. (laughs) Go, Camilla. Can we have your autograph for our collection? It would really make our day. Yours faithfully, Olive and Oliver Oblix. You want what? Dear Sari, my girlfriend and I are huge fans of yours. We tune into Curse of Strahd whenever we can. We've even tried baking our very own Sari scones. They're very much a work in progress. It's hard to work an oven when you don't have hands, per se. But we'd love to send you in some when they're ready. On a different note, I adored the love letter that you wrote to the werewolf and wanted to get some tips from you. You see, my girlfriend's been extremely self-conscious about her figure lately. Just the other day, we were out wandering and some horrible adventurers yelled out, Shit! Run! Gelatinous cubes! And fled before either of us could say anything. 
it really upset her and she hasn't stopped quivering since. I want to write her a letter that'll help her see that she is beautiful in every way to me that doesn't matter what shape or size or viscosity she is. Can you help an ooze out? Yours, hopefully. Julian the Gelatinous Cube. You know, as, as someone who is also of a higher viscosity, uh, it's hard sometimes. I understand kind of where she's coming from. I'm not cubed. I'm circular. So my experience is going to be a little bit different from hers. But the thing that I think of is, you know, my body is a reflection of the, the good that's happened. Food is a happy thing for me. And I enjoy making food and I really enjoy eating food. And it reminds me like not only has my body gotten me through so much, but also it reminds me of like this really good blueberry scone that I had like three months ago and it was amazing. But as for your letter to your girlfriend, here's what I'm thinking. Get a really nice thing of parchment and then start the letter like something like this. Dear love of my life, comma, Next line, you are insecure and I don't know what for. You're turning heads when you walk through the door. And although you think the reason why they're looking at you is because you're only a giant cube and that makes you feel insecure, I'm telling you, you are in awe to behold. You are three dimensions of beautiful, gooey cubiness. And that's what makes you beautiful, comma. Next line, indent, Julian. And I think that's how you write it. Dear stars of the super popular show Half Damage, I'm a fan who has been in the town of Fandelver for several years. Until I sat down in the tavern here to eat something, I had been wandering all over and would uh, often get distracted by things only to walk off. I, I can relate to that. Uh, but your show happened to be available to be seen in this particular tavern, and now I have stayed here watching it instead of adventuring. It's kind of nice, but when your show is over, I may like to go finish this quest. These red brand bandits have been troubling the town while I listen to your tales of heroics. Love you all, Dabu the Wizardly Wandering Tortle. Dabu, please, the- oh. Please, please, go help those people. Those bandits sound quite... They... Oh my, um... What was the town called? Fandelver? Okay, I'll I'll look into that. Uh, I, I hope you and yours are doing well, Dabu, and I, I will be signing off now. Uh, Fandango Rai, for possibly the last time. Um, goodbye. And across the lands of Barovia, another letter makes its way into the hands of Irina Kolyana. She's been receiving more fan mail lately, and it means a lot to her now, knowing that maybe this is the last one she will ever read. Dear Irina, I miss watching you on the show. Ever since you and your brother entered that tower, I've been waiting for you to emerge, but I haven't seen you yet. I hope you're doing okay. You seem like a really good person. My friend ships you with Strahd, but I think you should challenge him to a duel to the death. And win, of course. Lots of love, Emma. She looks up from the note, and almost as soon as she does, it slips from her fingers in a puff of purple smoke as the bell rings. It's not hard for her to slip into character. Not now, when there's so little distinction between the two and the fates that they share. It's the same all across Barovia, as the audience are shown flashes of the people they've been watching for years, getting into position for the final battle. Each time a new face flashes up, people at home hold their breath, knowing that this time the actors don't have to feign their fear. They face their death, and no one can look away. The audience see the fog rolling over the grassy floor of the Slavich woods as werewolves stalk out from between the trees. Zulika is framed from behind against the bruised purple sky, her shoulders hunched in her human form. It cuts to her side profile, face resolute, eyes hard, trying not to betray her fear, and trying not to watch as her pack walk towards their deaths. People will afterwards analyze the way her jaw clenches just before her face begins to extend into a snout. The next time they see her is as a wolf, leading those she loves into battle. They see Steph, humanoid and standing atop a tree, looking down towards the area she knows the call will come for the battle to start. She takes out a locket, looking down at the faces of her four children inside. As her eyes linger on the last portrait, her baby girl, the view shifts to see the child herself, 
being held in the arms of Dag as he stays behind in the winery, looking towards the horizon where the castle looms on its hill. They see Esmeralda and Rictavia, looking like mirror images of one another aside from the color of their hair. Rictavia surveys the ramshackle army around them. Esmeralda stares only at Rictavia. On a dime, she snaps, pulling the red-headed woman into a hug. Rictavia immediately tries to push her off, but the Fasani holds strong. The audience watches. Rictavia gives up, closing her eyes and hugging her back. They're both doomed anyway, cursed or not. She may as well die alongside a friend. And at last they see Irina again. A vision as her armor shines in the dim light, hair blowing in the wind. It looks as if every vampire spawn is focused directly on her and she stares back. But she wavers, turning to look behind her even though it hurts to see. She sees Ismark, his arm holding up an older man, helping him walk towards the battlefield even though the man's fresh werewolf bite still bleeds and the pain threatens to tear him apart. The man is crying. So are many other villagers who have made the slow, agonizing journey bandages showing signs of the wounds underneath. Each of them still flinches when they see werewolves stalking around them, still not used to this being their new reality. Ismark doesn't cry. Ismark can't show pain, can't show suffering, and he can't hide the perfect ring of tooth marks on his own arm, proof that he wouldn't ask anything of his people that he didn't believe was necessary. Irina is given the luxury of emotion, the audience adore the single tear that slips down her perfect cheek as she turns back to watch the castle for their sign. Hello there, nerds, and welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat of the penultimate episode of Half Damage. I hope that you're enjoying this. Uh, I've got very emotional editing these, so I hope that you're emotional listening to them as well. This one and the next episode are going to be a little longer than usual uh, for uh, obvious reasons, but I hope that you you enjoy them. I'm going to get through all this middle of the podcast stuff real fast so that you can get right back into the episode. We are a Crit Chat production. We all met on a podcast called Crit Chat. It is a D&D advice and comedy podcast that I think you should check out and enjoy. It's very funny and very informative and talks about a lot of things D&D and general roleplay. You can find Crit Chat wherever you find podcasts. We also share all of our social media with Crit Chat, so if you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Crit Chat on Facebook and Twitter, uh, and give us a tag there if you want people to listen to the show, which I feel like you should. Let people know that it's getting towards the end and maybe they want to listen to a full, complete series, and that maybe Half Damage is the series that they want to listen to. Also, if you want to send messages telling us how you want the story to end or how you think it's going to end I would love to hear that that sounds really dope because we all obviously know uh, I want to hear your theories and again you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter and also in the discord link down in the description of wherever you're listening to this if you want to help us out in a money way so that we can keep all of this up and running and all in various platforms you can do that over at our patreon at patreon.com forward slash crit chat all one word for as little as a dollar a month, you get all the behind-the-scenes footage and j make us happy and make sure that we can keep the things up. It's not very much money, and uh, I will assure you that there's going to be a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff from especially the last episode, because we spent a lot of it freaking out about what's happened. I don't know if I'm going to get the chance to do a middle-of-the-podcast break chat on that one, uh, so I'll also let you know that on the Patreon, uh, we'll have the behind-the-scenes of what we do when we work out. Uh, how the story ends because we had to just like chat for like 15 minutes because we were all a bit dazed uh so you can find that again at patreon.com forward slash crit chat for as little as a dollar a month thank you very much but with that i'll let you get back to the episode and maybe this is the last time that i'm talking to you i don't know uh but if it is thank you so much for listening to half damage uh this whole weird time uh and i hope that we do you justice in the end we're also probably going to be doing a little wrap-up episode where we talk about things uh from the series and, and answer questions so if you have any questions for me as the dm or questions for the others about their characters and the things that happened along the way uh send them to our social medias and then we will hopefully be answering them on our little wrap-up 
I love you all very much. Thank you again and bye-bye. Back in the castle, you, our heroes, now rested, slip out of your rooms to begin the final descent down the same fucking set of stairs. <laughs> you only have to go down one set of these spiral stairs to get to the floor which contains the portrait that you're looking for. Um, give me a second. No, the dark figures are not four swarms of rats. We're not doing that. That sounds like shit. Uh, <laughs> am I a lady? Uh, absolutely not. Or am I a rat? <laughs> Though I kind of wish that we did do this because it's like there is a dark, vaguely man-shaped figure in each alcove and it's just a bunch of rats in a trench coat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but Ismay, I'd be down for that. Yes! Okay, you guys have got a little fight against four swarms of rats. Four swarms and seven swines ago, our forefathers. That's so fucking funny. I think that's just one fireball. Fireball. Yeah. It's fucking Four rat swarms. That's fantastic. Why are they piled like that? Who knows? So good. Curse of Strahd. Like, so good. Fun. But yeah, through uh, a little entranceway, there is a door that stands between you and what was described to you on Irina's map as the cake room. I'm down for that. I walk in the cake room. No worries. Just cake. Just cake. Sorry, bust. I'm sure this cake isn't a lie. I'm excited. (laughs) Immediately going into this room, the first breath you take, dust just coats your lungs. Uh, It smells both sickly sweet and horribly decayed at the same time. Ah, it's like a pixie stick. Ew. What? What pixie sticks are you fucking having? Why are, you, why are your pixie sticks filled with decay? <laughs> well, if you... I, I, they're the closest thing to, like, sugary dust, I can imagine. Oh, the dust... Okay, I get where you're coming from now. I thought you just had really bad pixie stick experience. <laughs> Leave it to Ismay to just dunk on me before, you know, figuring out what I'm talking about. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, the charmed life of Emily Kuklinski is coming to an end so fast. <laughs> I'm evil now, bitch. It's fine. <laughs> Once upon a time, it was all love letters and cook-offs. And now, <laughs> now spells are as written, bitch. <laughs> uh, and so in the middle of this room, there's a blanket of dust over a long oak table that is coated with fine china and silverware. And in the very center of the table, there's a large tiered cake that leans heavily to one side. The once white frosting is turned green with egg with eight with eggs green with Uh, eggs (laughs) i do not like green eggs and ham Uh, the once white frosting is turned green with age and cobwebs hang down like dusty lace down every side of the cake a single doll figure of a well-dressed woman adorns the crest of the cake and suspended above it is a web shrouded chandelier this is the fucking cake room sorry is my the way that you described it is it like one of those barbie cakes with <laughs> the Barbie top. Yes. Just stick it out the top. Like, this is the tackiest of wedding mm-hmm. cakes. Like, this is, yeah, it's, you know what? It's the tackiest wedding cake. It's got, like, the little figure, like, sticking out the top. The tears are the dress. The charmed life of Emily Kuklinski continues. <laughs> Just to stay even. true to the Shrek theme is if there's a male yes. figure, I'm going to push it down into the cake so it's half the height of the woman. There wasn't, but now there is. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> Charmed life's for everybody. You know what, Ian? <laughs> to reward you for your sorry-like oh, no. thinking, I give you a D8 of bardic inspiration. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Is this the first time you've ever used your fucking bardic inspiration? Because no, I don't remember another time. I have used it many times before. I don't but trust hold that. Hold on to a D8 there, Ian. Hold on to it. I will remember that. But yeah, you're in this weird cake room. Can I eat the cake? Why? Don't eat the cake. Can I, can I just like, I just want to... Don't. Don't eat the cake. I'm just curious if it's kept. It's covered in mold. Like, it's moldy. A, maybe it's like blue cheese frosting. It's, it's never mold. Know. It's green. So, sorry. Sorry. I think it's the wedding cake. Like the wedding cake. Which means that it's yeah, hundreds. It's hundreds of years. People keep a slice of their wedding cake. Like in, in, a, in a freezer. Yeah, <laughs> like keep it really cold. Next year. A year later. Sorry. I think it's fine. I think if I just dip my pinky Sorry, into it, I've already tried to save go. you from death several times. <laughs> <laughs> so much poison damage. I hear something. So much poison damage. 
The cake. The cake cake has knocked something loose in my skull. It's saying, eat me. (laughs) Eat me. I think we just need to lead Sori out of this room into that. We should have known that we weren't able to come into the cake room. (laughs) Should have known. Should have sent a scout Sorry, you have one character flaw. Sorry. Oh, shit, I do have one character. Okay, I taste it. I don't like listening to you guys, so I... Fandango will literally keep her from tasting it if he has to. Like... Go ahead. Like, if you... Please try to stop me, because at this point, I'm reaching my pinky into the cake. You will! Go for it! I think Kathy does, too! (laughs) Kathy's just like, this feels like a comeuppance! But no. There's definitely four people in this room that are going to be trying to stop you from doing this. Among the four of them are definitely able to physically restrain you from sampling this old stank cake. Don't eat the stanky cake. <laughs> Three of us, Pancho can't help. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Pancho yeah. can't help. Pancho's yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was probably just dispassionately watching anyway. But, um... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fucking Pancho's like, man, this feels about right. Fuck it. <laughs> Sorry, he's very oh. sad, but relents. Is forcibly taken away from this old nasty cake. I forgot that is one of my flaws, isn't it? Yep. Nah. Don't take no for an answer, baby. You're carted away from this thing. Take one last longing look back at the nastiest cake you've ever seen in your life. You blow a beautiful kiss towards it and promise that if you should live through this, you're going to hoe down on that fucking cake. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? you know what? If we survive this, eat as much as that, of that cake <laughs> as you want. I'm not going to stop you. I just want a pinky taste of the blue cheese ice cream icing. Oh, <laughs> God. God I've literally never heard anything worse but here we we have to move on or i'm gonna vomit the most cursed phrase in the english language we found what's the what's like the opposite of cellar door (laughs) (laughs) blue cheese ice cream (laughs) you guys head through to the next room that has been described to you as i think that she just wrote study correct study book room i think it says you go in and it opens up to you with a warmth that you've not seen in most of the rest of the castle. Uh, there's a fire blazing in the hearth. The room is a very lavish study. There are books lining the walls and comfortable chairs surrounding a central table. Yet the most eye-catching thing to you all is the portrait which hangs over the mantelpiece. You knew of the connection between the two women. But even still, it's shocking to see a portrait that looks so exactly like your friend Irina. Looking out with dispassionate eyes and wearing beautiful finery, it's only on very close inspection that you can see the differences that prove that this is the portrait of Tatiana. Friend is strong. (laughs) Uh, Technically, bang at the door. (laughs) Yeah, technically, Fandango hasn't met. Irina yeah. directly. Um, and Fandango would probably like Irina. Yeah. But it's it's canonical that he doesn't, doesn't it? Fuck. Isn't it? You say, isn't she, is she still, as, is she really as annoying as she is oh, on TV? Oh, yeah, the, the voice is still as annoying. <laughs> yes, yeah, never mind. Yes, that's right. Oh, it's cat. Yes, thank you. No, thank you, Alfred. No character Ian makes is has time for <laughs> Irina. My sweet angel. The apple this. of my eye, Irina. <laughs> Ismay, oh, yes. you need to hire your standards. You need to bring <laughs> those standards up. She's perfect! She is perfect. I love her so much. Uh, it's very sad that you're seeing her face, knowing that it isn't her face, and this is probably the last time you're going to be able to actually see her, and it's not her. Hey, Pancho, want to uh, get that wand of secrets of yours? Wand of secrets. I take it out. Wand of secrets. Wand of secrets. This is nice, actually. Honestly, this is kind of good for me, and I don't know why. Great white buffalo. Wait, what? (laughs) Blue cheese ice cream. No! No. Uh, Okay, you whip out your wand of secrets. Wand of secrets. secrets. (laughs) You give a wave of the wand, and you feel something. Like, before, like, when you used the one, like, you could feel that energy that was, like, coming from it to somewhere else. But you can't visually see where that energy goes. Yes. Because you've tried it before and found nothing. This wasn't that. You've tried it. It's found something, but you haven't found the thing that it's found. Mm. There's a secret. I can feel it. Mm. All right, I'll make an investigation check on the uh, painting, I guess, because we know it's got something to do with that. Go for it. Give myself a little guidance before I do it. Say a little prayer. 
Fuck me. Yourself. Wait, you also have bardic inspiration. Not gonna, not gonna waste it on oh, this okay. one, gang. Uh, so I rolled a four on the guidance. I rolled a one on the d20. Oh no. So that's nine. The painting, the things that you can gain from it are that unlike a lot of things in here, it's been polished pretty constantly. It's, like it's it seems that it's, been, like, and, it's yeah. been dusted and cleaned and like it's nice. Uh, you try to prize it off the wall, but it doesn't seem to, to budge at all. Can I try talking to it? You can indeed. Hello, Tatiana. And I kind of like tap on it with my, I, I, I reach up and I tap on it. Like, hello, Tatiana. Hello. Knock, 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 knock. From behind the painting, you hear a, a absolutely nothing. Uh, but it was cute. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I tried. Fandango's going to take a step back from the painting. Can I make another investigation check on the fireplace? You may indeed. This time I am going to use my bard. Well, I'll wait to see if I need the bardic inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Different d20 this time. There we go. I will use bardic inspiration. 19? You take a number of steps back and start inspecting the fireplace itself and just kind of like look at it as a whole. You you look like around the edge, you look for clues in like the gilding that's around yeah, it. Yeah, like run my hands along yeah, the edges. Yeah. You you find absolutely nothing there and you're, you're like, you step back in frustration of just like, it's supposed to be here. Like things are supposed to be here. And you look into the fire and that's where you notice that it's strange in there. It's hard to tell at first glance because, you know, there's a fire in there uh, and like your eyes are taken up by the fire. But like there should be like a backing panel to it. It seems like the light that's from the fireplace spills further back than the fireplace should go. Can uh, somebody put this fire out for me? Uh, Can I use Rare Frost to do that? Just like, yeah, you cast your ray of frost and like she makes a bunch of steam, <laughs> like steam everywhere. It's like I'm welding something, but it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like it creates a little ecosystem in there. You know, like the steam rises up and then like it forms a cloud. Cloud rains down. It's gone. I don't know. Science. <laughs> That's just science. <laughs> That's just science. Science, baby. Look, science. Don't tell me that science and D&D don't go together. <laughs> yeah, you, you managed to finally put out this fire. And as you crouch down, you see, sure enough, there is a tunnel that goes through the back of it. Well, crawl on through. To the other side. <laughs> you guys crawl through to the other side and come to a small-ish room. It seems very smoke-filled because of, you know, the fire that was just there. It's small. It's got two torch sconces there and Poncho you see now where that magical energy went as you see a vague shine around a door that is set into the back of this room. I can see a vague shine? You can see well a shine around the door that's there. Like the Wand of Secrets is showing that? The Wand of Secrets has been like ah sparkle sparkle this is what you did. Nice. That's it. So you push past these doors that have been revealed to you by the magic and find a long hallway after that. Uh, The hall that lies beyond is dark and cobwebbed, uh, though with a clear walking path that has been etched through the dusty floor. As you approach, each step fills you with a cold dread. It's hitting you fully now that this is the end. Whatever happens, you finish this now. At the end of the hall, you're faced with heavy double doors, a light spilling through the hair-thinned crack, ready to invite you inside to the final showdown. Um, I think, yeah, I think Fandango's going to turn to the group and just dropping all pretense, just say, uh, I think this is it, everyone. Any last minute preparations we need to do? I think I'm pretty much good. Let me just step. Uh, and then I, I summon two, two devil dogs. Uh, I summon my hellhounds. That's right. You do get your hellhounds. Now it's time. Any less terrifying prep someone wants to do? <laughs> prep that doesn't make me worry about your soul? <laughs> A crack opens in the ground and they see <laughs> Oh god! Roll out. <laughs> I'm gonna cast aid on everybody because I'll do it as a third level slot and that's four creatures within range. Hit point maximum and current hit points increased by five for the duration which is eight hours. Did you say you're using a third level slot? I am. That doesn't give you extra people. That increases the hit point total for oh, aid. Oh, I'm sorry. I read it wrong. No worries. I would honestly say Kathy doesn't need it. She has more okay. health than any of us and she takes half damage on like everything. I'm gonna so. Half damage! Okay. Okay. Half, half damage! Yeah. Nailed it! Uh, I'm gonna look at Kathy apologetically and then I'm going to cast 
aid on everybody else. <laughs> I'll use the second level and just do okay. the five. What's everybody's AC? 13. 14. 15. And I can I can increase Right, you, you can increase yours. Okay. I'll give it to Camilla then. So Camilla, you have plus two to your AC for the next ten minutes. Okay. I'm gonna give everybody a Bardic inspiration. So everyone gets an extra D eight that you can either apply to like damage rolls or saving or attack. I won't give it to Kathy, but I'll give it to you guys. Fair. You know you're gonna have to say what your Bardic inspirational words are. Mm-hmm. You know <clears throat> that. Where have all the good men gone? And where are all the gods? Where's the streetwise Hercules to fight the rising odds? They're here in front of me. It's you guys. They're white night upon a shining steed. <laughs> Late at night I toss and turn and I dream of what I need. I need a hero. I will never hear until my night. This is the greatest thing we've ever done. <laughs> I'm giving myself my vigilant blessing, so I have advantage on initiative. I, I do a poof, and then a dust cloud comes out, but it's also little guys. <laughs> yeah, and I tell them to stealth. They like all like pile up in the corners. They pile up like little dust mites in the it's corners. It's just a pile of dust. Blends in so well to this dusty, dusty hall. All right, guys, are we ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to send the message. Let's go. Outside the castle walls, the quiet hush that falls over the land seethes. Two armies stare at one another in the darkness, each waiting for the other to break. Rictavia flinches at a sound only she can hear, then closes her eyes, raising a hand to her throat to cast a spell. Raising her gaze, she draws her sword and slowly points at Strahd's army in front of her. She takes a breath, then like a crash of thunder rolling over the battlefield, she calls out for the attack. The effect is immediate. The dam breaking and the crash of bodies fall together, wasting no time in ripping and tearing. A lifetime of animosity and caged violence finally being released. Werewolves with teeth already bloodied go by scent alone to work out who they should attack next. The newer additions are quickly revealed for what they are. Fodder to fall to the vampires to allow the bulk of the army time to attack. Where ravens circle ahead, diving and clawing, getting snatched from the air and pinned down to the earth by claws and teeth of the undead. Rictavia and Elsmerelda stand back to back, passing weapons weaving through vampire spawn in a bloody dance, a tornado of red and black hair swirling around one another. Irina fights off hands, which try to grasp and steal her away, trying in vain to see where her brother, as newly transformed, he snarls and bites at those who try to get close to his people. Inside the castle, the four heroes look at one another, steal their nerves, and push open the doors.